Welcome to another episode of podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I am your host, Amanda Hernandez, and I'm very pleased to have Maria Nunez on the panel with us. Thank you, Amanda, for the introduction. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Um, and yeah, welcome to... talking about whether or not we agree or disagree with Joshua Reynolds statements. Joshua Reynolds stated that inaccurate realistic art can still be meaningful and so today we are going to delve deeper into that and consider this statement specifically looking at um, Raphael, the painter's works. Um, Raphael is an Italian painter. He was born in 1483 in Urbino, Italy. So he is known as Raphael, but he was born Raffaello Sanzio. Um, and he is most known for his paintings um, architecture, and also tapestries. Um, some of his works and structures um, are seen at St. Peter's Basilica, um, the Vatican Palace, hence the Vatican Ladies. So he was a part of the High Renaissance period, um, also known as the Italian Renaissance where realism was very popular and um, also composition, the richness of colors used in paintings was um, another reason why he was so popular. Um, he also had great control over the space of the work that he was doing. Um, if you look at some of his works as in, um, I believe it's called um, Learning in Athens. Um, there is a great use of a vanishing point. Um, you see everything divided very clearly and your eyes are constantly averted to different areas of the painting. Um, yes, so However, a lot of his works where there are um, biblical references, um, including paintings of the apostles, of um, St. Paul, um, these are considered by many to not be realistic as his style would lead you to believe. Um, and that is because, well, that's our question. Why, why is that? Why is Raphael still considered a realistic painter, even when a lot of his works, some of his most famous works, 
are not necessarily what we would describe as realistic. They are not literal representations of these subjects. So, Maria, do you have anything that you want to add so far? Um, yes, I would like to add that uh, Raphael is very a very interesting artist. As you mentioned, he worked very, very balanced. And he was part of, of the Holy Trinity of masters, which uh, he was quickly regarded, uh, I mean, like he was quickly regarded one of the, of the giants of the period. He came from a wealthy family and his father was also a painter. He painted for the Duke of Urbino. And uh, I would like to mention that, that one of his greatest artworks are the tapestries for the Sistine Chapel. Raphael was commissioned by the Pope to design um, these tapestries to depict the fathers of the Christian Church. These tapestries were made of, of silk, some of them were made of wool, silver, and some of them also include gold. It's, it's a very, very interesting artist. Okay. So before we go into whether or not we believe, agree or disagree with Joshua Reynolds' statements, why don't we consider, I guess, the benefits or the, the pros and cons of realistic art that is realistic to its definition and um, maybe art that is um, more idealistic or further from the truth as we know it. Um, so first, I think that the benefit of having a true realistic painting is um, it will it will stand the test of time. So obviously these paintings were made um, before we were born and um, they are depicting people that weren't necessarily known to Raphael. Obviously Raphael never met the apostles, but um, realistic art can give you a better idea of what was lived by those the people of those times. Whereas um, I think more idealistic art plays on the imagination and embellishes the truth to some extent. Um, or I guess sees the truth through someone's perspective instead of objectively. Mm -hmm. So now we, now that we have considered um, sort of objectively what the pros and cons of realistic, true realistic art can be, um, now we're going to dive a little deeper into Joshua Reynolds, who he is, what gives him the authority to have an opinion on this subject, and what his statements were exactly. Oh yes, uh, Joshua was an, an English painter. He was specialized in portraits and, that, and, and he was very uh, interested in the realistic art. He, um, he, he was known for this. Uh, he insisted that we can find art meaningful even when, when it's not accurate. 
Yes. And so actually one of the things that Joshua Reynolds once said was, which provides us with an important distinction between what we think is true, what we consider to be the truth. Um, he often compares art to poetry and painting specifically to poetry. And so he believes that um, the, the limitation of painting is that it can only graphically demonstrate an idea, whereas poetry can elaborate on this graphical idea or demonstration. Um, but he thinks that there is an important distinction to be made uh, between, um, sorry, I'm gonna get a direct quote. For success, the painter must apply himself to the study of moral and poetic truth. Reynolds sensibly modifies this opinion by the saving qualification at the close, in which one sees again his talent with the brush checking a natural taste for generalization. But the painter could not lose sight of the likeness of the arts. So he also believes that the great end of all those arts is to make an impression on the imagination and the feeling. So the points that were made here is he is making a distinction between <clears throat> true, the truth as we know it and the truth as told poetically. Um, and this, I think also, kind of defends Raphael in a sense because his works are a work of poetry in a sense. They, um, they may not be real to what we know as far as, um, for example, his depiction of St. Paul. St. Paul is wearing a halo. St. Paul was not literally wearing a halo most likely because St. Paul wasn't an angel, but he depicts St. Paul as wearing a halo. And so this is his poetic truth. Um, and I think that that is the meaning that uh, Reynolds is touching upon. Um, did you have something that you wanted to add, Maria? Um, well, I was listening to you, a term came to my mind and I remember that I read about the Granite Manor. It was, well, it is a term that Joshua gave a currency to it. And the Granite Manor is a term used to describe artworks and pieces of works that include metaphors. Metaphors to depict noble qualities. And these qualities, and these qualities are based on an idealization rather than an exact copy of, of nature. And, you know, I think that this is exactly what happened with Raphael's painting. In my opinion, it is an informative piece that uses elements of art to depict the noble qualities. And it's based on the, on the artist's perspective, you know? It's his idealization. It's how he is portraying the, the, the art, you know, rather than a copy of what is nature or accurate. I guess to that extent... Um, 
I would agree with um, Joshua Reynolds because um, in a lot of ways, a person's perception is their reality. And so the way that Raphael perceived the apostles and perceived St. Paul was his reality. And so are we right to say that this is not realism? Mm, I don't think that we have the authority to say that. I agree so, with you. I'm sorry? No, no, I was saying that I was that I agree with you. Yeah. So I do, I would consider um, not only Raphael's paintings as realism, but, um, and also realism in the sense of um, the expressions on the people's faces are very realistic. Um, they're not exaggerated. <clears throat> they often fit the, the scene um, or the, the content that's going on. And um, yeah, and then our final question, I guess, that we have to kind of answer or solve is whether or not we have established that this could still be considered realism, um, considering Raphael's perception, but is there meaning in his interpretation of the truth? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree with you. And this is very, very interesting. And absolutely, absolutely, yes. I consider that there is, there is meaning and there is a lot of meaning behind the artwork. Even though they do not portray or reflect the, the reality as we, as we know it. There, for example, Raphael uses certain or small details to alter the nature but in my opinion, I think there is a lot of meaning behind it. Okay. And also, um, I wanted to just add that um, I think Raphael, he was so acclaimed and so respected by the people of this time. And I'm not sure that he would have been if he didn't, if the people of this time didn't share in a similar view of what he was painting. So... If people didn't agree with how he was depicting St. Paul or how he was depicting the apostles, I don't think that he would have been as popular or as respected as he was. And so Yes, right? And his famous spread really, really quick. And he was very young at that time. And, you know, besides what you mentioned, I think that certain elements contributed to his popularity. For example, his well-balanced artworks that we can see on paints like the School of Athens. And it is very important to mention and uh, that we cannot forget that he's one of the greatest of the, of the feminine painting. And so um, the meaning in that is that his paintings and his interpretation of these people and these events um, they show the understanding and the interpretation of an entire, like, civilization, you know, like an entire time period. All the people of that time period, or most of them, uh, agreed with, with this or had this belief because this painting, um, you know, was, they, were, they were accepted and celebrated by these people. Yes. So, 
Yeah. Correct. As as you just mentioned, it represents a whole civilization. It also represents the highest point of the Renaissance, and it represents a belief, Christianity. So, I want to just thank you for joining us so much today. Um, thank you for joining me, and thank you for joining Maria. I really do appreciate it. This concludes the podcast. Please explore on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. And thank you once again for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious.